Now, the Bobby Curran Show on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning and welcome to the Thursday edition of the program. I'm Bobby Curran along with Tanner Hayworth. Between us, we'll try and bring you the complete world of sports, pros, colleges, high schools, other sporting events taking place here with guests and giveaways and, of course, your phone calls. 296-1420 is the number, and uh, and go ahead and give us a jingle if you have something you're curious about. Uh, we have a couple of newsy items to start the show off today. Justin Herbert with a brand-new deal for the uh, for the Chargers, the L.A. Chargers, so he's now gotten a monster deal. I, you know, One of the only guys that hasn't been paid out of that class, those two, it's, it's, some people would say the best guy in that class is Joe Herbert. I'm I'm sort of inclined towards that, uh, not Joe Herbert, uh, Joe Burrow, and uh, and I I would say maybe he might be uh, I put him a a slight nod above Justin Herbert. Uh, there's something I don't know what it exactly I would call it, but I let's leave it at this. Joe Burrow has the it factor. The other guy who I think and and I believe he's in for a huge payday is Tua. Tua Tagovailoa is you know I mean people forget this. He, Best passer rating in the league last year. So all the nonsense about, well, you know, he doesn't have enough arm. Did he have enough arm? And now he's got better receivers and better people around him than ever before. I think the Miami defense will even take a step forward. So I, I actually think Tua is in great shape. And as his coach says, uh, you know, he's got a better command of the offense than he did last year. He's really he speaks the language now. He sort of was like last year he was learning the language. This year he's got it. I actually think that Tua is going to have a fabulous year, and he is one of the premier quarterbacks. But you ever notice this? I mean, it just seems that right now, especially after Aaron Rodgers moves from Green Bay into the Jets, I just think the bulk, you know, the bulk, not not all, but the bulk of the really good quarterbacks right now are in the AFC. I just think it's hard to argue that because if you start off at the top, you know, with let's take Patrick Mahomes then Aaron Rodgers, and then Joe Burrow, and then Josh Allen. I mean, that's just at the very top. I mean, I think Tua Tungvaluwa will end up in that crowd, no question in my mind about it, if he's healthy. And I don't see any reason he wouldn't be healthy. They spent a lot of time. I thought this was brilliant. Whoever thought of this with the Dolphins, I think it was, it was really an idea whose time had come. But the idea that you were going to get a guy to work with him, and I don't know if this was a martial arts guy or what, but basically, sounds silly, right? He needed to learn how to fall. How many times did you see him tackled where his head would bounce off the turf? I was like, you've got to get control of that. You can't just, when you get hit, nil, your head and neck are nilly-willy because that's going to lead to more and more concussions, and those things you don't get a, an unlimited number of. So I am actually anticipating that this is going to be a terrific year for Tua. Now, you can add in on that. Lamar Jackson, I mean, there's other guys who, uh, who are fabulous quarterbacks. And Lamar Jackson, I think, is, is really good. But he's sort of, how would I put this? He's sort of an acquired taste because he's, there's so much of his game is predicated on running, which you just don't see that much, even though a guy like Patrick Holmes is a pretty good runner. You know, he's not, by description, he's not a, a runner. He's a passer. And, and yet, he, yes, is he good? At getting a few yards when you need him, absolutely. But Lamar Jackson is a real runner. 
I mean, I, I kind of feel that Lamar Jackson could have played running back in the league. Okay, just want to tell you right now who our guests are this morning. We're going to be talking with veteran uh, play-by-play voice from the University of Alabama, Eli Gold. I'll wait till he's on before I tell you a story of how impressed I was with him the first time Alabama came to Honolulu, and I had a chance to sit down with him. Um, really something. He's unique among Power Five play-by-play guys in my mind. 296-1420 is the number. We got Mike on the line. Hey, Mike, what's up? Hey, Bobby, you sound good, man. Thanks. What's happening? Hey, I need you to come back. I mean, uh, two years out, and Ohio State's got beat by Michigan two years in a row. Crazy, huh? I mean, I'm telling you, Ryan Day's already in a hot seat, and he almost won the net. He missed the, probably the national championship by a field goal. They were they would have smoked TCU last year. <laughs> well, but, I mean, obviously, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but the, but I think the other quarter, you know, a lot of people don't want to talk about it because Deshaun Watson and the issues he had with them, massage, uh, uh, ladies, uh, ladies, right. you know. But he looks like, I mean, everything. He looks like he's back to form, and that team is loaded. To be honest with you, I mean, um, they, they had a problem, a little bit of problem with the defense. One of those teams where you lost a bunch of close games and they had some injuries and stuff like that. You know, football to me. The healthiest team at the end of the year wins. So often it's true. I mean, if you got, you know, especially if you can avoid injuries at key spots, very few right. people have the depth to be. Yeah, there's teams with better depth than others. For example, I'm so thrilled with the New York Giants have depth that they haven't had in years this year. But how much depth and where is it in rel- relative to quality, you know, quality players at big positions? And that's the right. criti- that's the critical mass. I think Ryan Day's a really good coach, and he's a good guy by all reports. Uh, I'm hearing that he's just the right kind of person. Look, anybody can lose a couple of games. To, that's the problem with those jobs. I remember talking with June Jones about this in terms of the Alabama job, and he said there's certain jobs that are just that where it's not so much the pressure because you put enough pressure on yourself, but the expectations are just ridiculous. Ohio State's one of those places. The expectations yeah, are ridiculous. Right. I think Notre Dame's the worst because their expectations are over with what they can produce now because in this day and age with NIL and how, how it works and, and their uh, what kind of athlete they can get, I mean, they're not ever going to be that Notre Dame that we grew up. Well, I, I think this. I, I don't know if you share in this, but I, Notre Dame's problem is not the NIL. They, they got as much money as anybody. They could pay ridiculous NILs. They just don't plan. That's not really part of their package. Here's right. the thing. I think it's cold weather. I just think yeah. when players have gotten used to, hey, I can go to LSU and sit in first-class airline seats in the player lounge, and, you know, the 24-7, you know, steak lobster buffet, you know, that kind of stuff that's going on at the big SEC schools, and you're in warm weather for the most part. So right. I, I, mean, I really, just think it's hard to sell South Bend. I mean, South Bend yeah. is, you know, it's a hellhole in terms of winter weather. Yeah, plus it's not a big city down or something. No. At least Ohio State, Columbus is a is a major city. Right. It's big enough that if you're doing something a little untoward, you might be able to get away with it in Columbus. You ain't getting away with it in South Bend. Yeah. Looks like, and what do, you, what do you think about uh, the way college football is going, though, Bobby? I mean, it looks like. 
it's going to be a semi-pro league with two big, freaking huge conferences. Already is. I, yeah. In my mind. Yeah, I mean. You got the Big Ten and the yeah. SEC. They're, they're the that, monsters of the midway. It. Let's face it. Yeah, that's it. Right. Hey, good to have you back, Bobby. Really. Thanks. Really, I appreciate really, it. I appreciate you calling, man. Oh, we got a couple things I want to get to. So, I, I, you know, I have to ask myself, and I do, how much of it is me being a homer because I'm so high on on uh, Tua? I, you know, it's like it's funny because Chris Canty, former Giant player, as well as other places, but he's now a talk show host in New York with uh, who was the other guy, Carlin. And so, but they, they, for some reason, they're really down on Tua. Now, they will tell you, they'll back off and say, well, it's injuries. So I don't think he can stay healthy. Okay. I mean, I, yeah, I think you're going to have to prove you can stay healthy. But I think a lot of that is, is uh, I, maybe he needs to learn how to land better. But aside from that, I don't think Tua is any more injury prone than anybody else. You get the wrong hits in the wrong places over the course of a couple of years. And, you know, that can heal up. Look at Jesse Sapoli. He's a great example. I don't think he played it down his first three years. And I know people say, oh, I don't know, this guy can't stay healthy. Then he, then he stayed healthy for 14 straight years. So I, I just think it's some of it's luck. I mean, you're talking about an, a con, you know, this is a collision sport. It's not even contact. It's collision. And it's going to be very difficult uh, for, to guarantee that someone's going to stay healthy. I really hope he does this year because I think he's on the brink. I mean, the fact that you hear people just find a way to talk their way around this, but he led the NFL in passing last year. Come on now. I mean, are we, we going to be real, or is that only going to apply to Patrick Mahomes and you know other guys of that ilk? It's ridiculous. I mean, Tua put up the numbers. Ask people around the league. They think Tua's really good. And, and everybody throws in the the uh, coda that he's got to stay healthy. I agree, he's got to stay healthy. I mean, I, to get to one season completely healthy is going to mean probably, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of $275 million for Tua. That's how that's going to work because it goes up every year. He didn't get, you know, he's got the fifth-year option. And that's it. So now, but, you know, that's not like don't feel sorry for him. He's, he's going to make these you know, going to make enough money that most people could retire on, never make another dime. But he now wants to be with those guys. They're competitive. They're competitive on money, too. He wants a big contract, and he wants to earn it. I'm, I'm all good with that. I think that's fine. And I'm, I'm very pleased. I think, too, is going to be really good. What we got to do here, and I'm very close to it. I'm going to be taking a timeout in just a second. Reminder that Eli Gold is coming on with us. And something about Eli Gold? This guy was out all last year, the long time. He's been in the job, I think, a year longer than me in terms of working with one school. So I, that's a long time. So he And he was out the whole season. Cancer. So we're going to talk about his journey and his way back, and I know he is looking forward to their first game. And they're going to they're gonna open, as they often do, with a very manageable one. How about Middle Tennessee? Nice way to start your season. And uh, for Nick Saban and his uh, cast of, you know, five stars. Anyway, it'll be interesting. We're going to take a quick timeout right now. We'll be back in a few with Eli Gold from the University of Alabama on the Bobby Curran Show, ESPN, Honolulu.
Welcome back to the Bobby Curran Show on this Thursday morning. We're scheduled to have Alabama play-by-play voice Eli Gold. I hope I haven't messed that up somehow. Uh, first week back, I guess there will be some rust, but uh, I thought we had a pretty firm deal here, and then hopefully he'll call in in a few minutes. 296-1420 is our number. Go ahead and light it up. We've been talking about, you know, this is one of the things that's always gotten me. No one's going to give any too much um, criticism to Nick Saban at the University of Alabama. He's a, he could probably beat Kate Ivey in a governor's battle there. Um, I, I find it really quite remarkable that he is not only is he popular, but he's almost a guy that people don't want to challenge. Now, but if you were going to challenge him, this is where I might start. I don't know if you're the number one team rated in, in the West Division of the SEC. I don't know if you need to start off playing Middle Tennessee. You know, just saying. They got Middle Tennessee. I'll just give you a couple of teams on their schedule. South Florida. And then later in the season, Chattanooga. Really? I mean, I, you know, none of those teams are going to be within 35 points of Alabama. If they do, it would be shocking. So, I, you know, it's funny to me when I hear that so-and-so is on the hot seat. And some people are saying Nick Saban's on the hot seat. I'm like, there is no hot seat for Nick Saban. You know, he's guaranteed that with his multiple national championship wins. He, you know, some people would say he's the GOAT of college football coaches. And I'm inclined to agree with that. So let me see if I can find something here. And uh, maybe I will. Uh, Yep, I got people texting me in. What I'm learning uh, outside past surgery is I have not been able to do two things at once quite as readily as I once could. uh, 296-1420 is the number. And we we are hoping to make contact with Eli Gold. We'll have Brett Beard from First Coast Sports around the bend at about 1236. Uh, looking forward to talking with him because he was uh, over at the SEC meetings and we'll have a lot to say. So it's sort of an SEC conversation here if we can get Eli Gold. If we don't, we'll get him another day because he's, uh, he's always worth talking to. And he's had a very similar journey to my own. I didn't realize he was out for all last year with cancer as I was with uh, uh, double lung transplant surgery. So it's, uh, I think we, we share this. It is so great to be back. We were talking about that the other day. It's amazing. You don't even know how much you're going to miss it until it's gone. And, uh, you know, I always I said I had a pretty good idea of that, and, and I did. But I, it was even more dramatic than I expected. And I am meeting so many people on the streets. So there's stores. And I'm getting so many uh, well wishes and, and sort of welcome backs that I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. And those who reached out when I was in Phoenix I, uh, I'm especially grateful too because those were some uh, those were tough times. I don't mind telling you. Two nine six fourteen twenty. Go ahead and fire it up if you have something that you want to you know chat about. I don't know. I, I guess if I, someone said to me, "Go ahead and make your picks," I'm going to let you pick three quarterbacks. You know, I don't even think it's fair to pick three because I'd pick the three thing, guys that I think are the best, and then two of them aren't going to play. I mean, and at the end of the day, that's inevitable. But I, I think I would go this way. I would probably start with, uh, I think I would start with Mr. Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, just terrific player, uh, inventive, creative, fabulous arm. Uh, he just seems, he's a playmaker. I don't know what else you could say. And I, I think if you made me pick the two other ones I would go with, 
Now, I'm probably going to rule out Aaron Rodgers only because of age, and it doesn't mean he won't have the best year of anybody. He might. He seems to be everything you hear him say. He sounds like he's incredibly rejuvenated. We'll see if that holds up after a couple tough losses. But right now, you know, and he's signed a kind. Look, the guy just took a pay cut. Aaron, I'm talking about Rodgers. Of, he had $110 million in guaranteed money. He settled for $75 million guaranteed money. He's taking 75 so that the Jets can sign other people. That's a sign that he's pretty, a pretty happy guy. It also, I think, indicates he's going to be there for two years, at least, minimum. Who knows? So I, I'm going to leave him off this list because I'm going with younger guys. I, I think the ones I would take, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and I'm, I'm really, I, you know, there's three in my mind that could all fit into this next spot. Jalen Hurts. Daniel Jones and Tua Tango Vailoa. Those are my guys. I, I, I know some people are going to say, well, what, what, you, what about Josh Allen? I, I, listen, you've got to make, make decisions on who's your kind of guy. Josh Allen is a great quarterback. He's a beast. But here's the one thing he's not. He's not a tremendously accurate passer. That's plagued him since college. He's better now than he was then, but he's not perfect. What he is is a hard-nosed, tough football player that can get you yards on the ground, and he doesn't care if he's got to run up the gut against 300-pound defensive tackles. There's almost nothing he won't do. Okay, let's, let's move on. We're going to welcome the longtime play-by-play voice of the University of Alabama football program, and that is Eli Gold. Eli, how are you? I am well, Bobby. How are you, sir? Well, I, that's funny. You and I are two people that can really ask that question. With meaning. Yeah. Because we both missed uh, last year on medicals. I had the double lung transplant. You had a bout with cancer. Uh, I was thrilled to hear that you're back and ready to get into the saddle again. Yes, sir. I, I really am. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. The season starts in a few weeks. Yeah, I had, uh, I had cancer, and it was just uh, it was not pleasant, nor I'm sure was, was your situation either. But uh, <coughs> excuse me, but I'm... Uh, Ready to get to work and uh, open up another season. I, I hear you. I, I was just talking about this a little. And you can tell me that, uh, and I'm sure you will, that there's reasons for this. But, you know, when I see Alabama opening with, with Middle Tennessee, I kind of think it's a bit of a wasted opportunity because this is the team that's been, according to Phil Steele, going to be the best in the West and the SEC. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like they could have treated us to something other than a 35-point blowout. What's your thought? Yeah, you know, I don't know. It's just one of those things, and it's, it's, you know, it's important for Middle Tennessee. I don't know what they're getting paid, but they're paid a lot of money. Yeah, and that'll obviously fund their football operation for much of the year. Uh, It's, you know, it is what it is, Bobby. I don't know. But now the following week... Alabama has Texas. So coming out of the box, and if you had played a Texas-like team in week one and then a Texas-like team in team in week two, that might have been a little bit much, too. So uh, sure. you know, there, there are explanations for it, certainly. You know, one of the things, this is interesting to me, because some people consider Nick Saban to be a little bit on the prickly side. Uh, you know, the, you know, he sort of has uh, earned his status, and 
you know, he takes his, uh, you know, he takes his job and his and the University of Alabama program very seriously. And I don't think he's too happy if people haven't uh, aren't getting that. I you seem to have a very good relationship with him. Were you in contact yes. with him even when you were out? Yes, not extensively. I probably spent more time con- conversing with his wife Terry yes. because I really didn't want to bother. Nick that much, Coach Saban, but I did talk with him a few times, and uh, and and we stayed in touch. I I I sent him a a birthday greeting at one point, and you know, just in general, yes, we stayed in touch. But you know, he he has things to do, and I respect that. But uh, I kept uh, his wife informed, and I said, please uh, tell the coach what's going on, and so on and so forth. And then I would get a response from him, you know, hey, Terry brought me up to speed, glad this, or sorry to hear about that, or whatever the circumstance was. And uh, so we we stayed in touch, yes, we sure did. Well, I think that's terrific because I don't think that some of the coaches at the very top of the profession are are terribly easy to have an ongoing, long-term, successful relationship with. Well, you know, we've been together now, what, 17, 18 years. Right. so, you know, the, the man is not an ogre by any stretch. Yeah. He, you know, you, you don't want to ask. He still does not tolerate stupid questions. Right. Uh, he doesn't like that. Uh, but, no, he's, he's, a, he's a good man. I mean, I years ago, I forget how many years ago now, I, I ripped my knee up. I stepped out of the visitor's locker room at Nayland Stadium in Knoxville. And right outside the locker room in, in Knoxville, in, the, on, in those days, uh, was a, a broken piece of concrete. All right? The flooring was not good. And I stepped out, and I stepped out awkwardly, and I went down like a giant sack of potatoes and, and ripped my knee up. And, uh, you know, I, I did the game that day. I did the game hurt and so on, but... You know, I, I get back to the house, and a couple of days later, there's, you know, a, a, a care package from Coach Saban with an Alabama sweatsuit and this and that and the other. And, you know, we, we had a, a good little laugh about my klutziness. Yeah. Well, he's, he's not a bad guy. He isn't. He's just very serious and doesn't abide by, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of stupidity. But... Uh, you know, he, he's, he's a good man. He really is. You know, I think that here's the deal. The expectations are so high there. Someone I said to me, is, is Nick Saban on the hot seat? I'm like, I don't think Nick Saban. hot seat. I said, Nick Saban is never going to be on a hot seat. Nick exactly. Saban's had, he's here as long as he wants. He's the GOAT. I mean, in college football, in my opinion. I, I just think he, he's, he exactly. sets the standard. Exactly. No, he's not, he's not on any hot seat. He's here as long as he wants to be here. That, to me, that would be the kind of stupid question that would irritate Nick Saban. Exactly. Yeah, exactly right. So exactly let, right. Let me get to this, Eli. In terms of uh, coming back from your journey, were, did you, did you, were you treated medically uh, entirely in the state of Alabama? Yes. Uh, I had thought seriously about going to, uh, you know, Anderson in, in Houston or to yeah. the Cleveland Clinic or what have you. But uh, we have very – UAB, the University of Alabama at Birmingham, UAB Medical Center is one of the finest medical facilities in America. And I talked to a lot of people. We, we, we investigated. 
And a number of them said they went to Anderson for an assessment, and then Anderson said, look, do, do your treatment there in Birmingham. You've got right. so, you know, so we did, yes. You know, I went to different facilities here. Uh, I went to, a, you know, a, a regular, regular hospitals, if you will. I went to rehab centers. I went to a, uh, a, a nursing home type of facility uh, to, to work. Uh, I mean, it was not easy. But, yes, uh, I stayed here. I felt that I had to be here. I wanted to be close to the family. Uh, I wanted to be close to friends. You know, there, there were a lot of considerations that, uh, that came. I didn't want guys to have to get on the airplane or drive 20 hours to come see me somewhere. Sure. So, uh, yeah, that, those considerations kept me here in, in town. Yeah, in my case, I had to have people fly 5,000 miles if they wanted to see me. And sure. I, I was amazed that some did. Uh, really remarkable. That tells you how beloved you are, man. Well, that it was, you I, I was made, you, made, you feel, made you feel good, that's for sure. And yes. let, me, let me get to this because Hawaii's in a second year with Timmy Chang, former quarterback here. And, I remember uh, Timmy, yeah. Yeah, he was just, he was everywhere. I said, I, I remember when he graduated, I kiddingly said, now I won't have to say that phrase, Timmy Chang, anymore. But now, yeah. I'm say, but now I'll be saying it again for, you know, for hopefully for many years. He, uh, he really seems to have grown a voice uh, and his own voice now. So I think he's, uh, he's going to have success. I just don't know how quickly it can come. Of course, the stadium deal you know about, uh, that they have now expanded their little jerry-rigged 9,000-seat stadium to 15, hardly what, right. you, uh, hardly what you'd aspire to. But uh, that they're saying 2028, things are really slow here before they can get the new, a new big stadium up. Really? So, yeah, it's really something. It's uh, that that would probably be done in Alabama in an off season, uh, I suspect. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just how it is. It's uh, interesting. I want to just tell a story about you really quickly, because right. this is your you're unique in my experience among the Power Five play by play guys. The first time I met you was at Aloha Stadium, when yes. you came out. Alabama came out, and you said, "Do you have a minute?" which turned into, and I did have, not only have a minute, I had an hour, and we spent all of it because you were making notes on every single pronunciation of even kids that were unlikely to maybe get in for more than a play on special teams. No one else, and I've been at this for quite some, I've been at this for 35 years, no other Power 5 broadcaster ever has done that. So really? there's, well, a re- there's a reason you are who you are. I, I've been blessed, Bobby. But, you know, these guys deserve to have their name pronounced correctly. Now, whether, exactly. they, when, whether they were going to have any relatives in Birmingham or anywhere in Alabama or in the state of, you know, of, of our, in the reach of our network, whether they were going to have anybody listening was neither here nor there. But they deserved to have their name pronounced correctly, and uh, I didn't. I do that all the time. I do that if we're playing Ole Miss. <clears throat> I do that if we're playing Texas. Sure. It was not just because of the. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. It was not just because of the uh, relative difficulty of of the names of uh, of your players. I do that with every team we face. Uh, if there's a question, I don't take the 50-50. I go and ask, how does this guy pronounce his name? So, you know, that's part of his being a good broadcaster as far as I'm concerned. 
You and I agree entirely. I remember I was started off doing high school football here, and I made it a point to go out to every uh, team's practice and sit down with the coach and get those names because a guy who had preceded me just used to say, ah, what's a name? You know, And I thought, well, what a name is is a complete He's legacy. There. It's a complete yeah, legacy exactly. for this player and his family and everything else. So, and you exactly. do have people listening. I just said that's that's an important part of the deal. Anyway, so I that was right away. I I, I kind of I had a fondness for you right off the bat. I, I well, think sometimes you. when you get some you know power five teams, you know whether it be the SEC or the you know Big Ten or whoever, I find a lot of the broadcasters. I don't think they mean to do it necessarily. But they kind of feel like we're playing this. It's a nice little team, but we're just going to get in and out of here. And who's listening back in Lafayette, uh, Indiana, or in uh, you know East yeah, Lansing, you know, Michigan? Here, here, people are listening because football is life here. Rightfully, wrongfully, or indifferent, football is so important to the to the populace here in the state of Alabama that they are listening. Oh no doubt, hey Eli. I'm sorry. I'm getting I'm getting in my earpiece here from the, my producer that I've I've run out of time. Unfortunately, I want to well, thank. That you was so- my fault. I was a little bit late in no getting worries. here. I want to thank you so much and wish you the best of luck this season. I know you'll be right back in fine voice. Bobby, thank you and God bless you. You take care of yourself, and we'll talk soon. Eli Gold from the University of Alabama. We'll be right back on the Bobby Curran Show, ESPN, Honolulu. Welcome back on this Thursday edition of the program. My privilege to welcome from First Coast News, Brent Beard, uh, Jacksonville, Florida. He joins us uh, now. Brent, how are you? Bobby, it's wonderful to uh, hear your voice and to be on with you. I am pretty fresh from SEC Media Days last week, but with... Colorado and the Big 12 and, and the Big 10 media days. Bobby, it's amazing. And next week, next week, everybody's going to be in fall camp. So uh, it's amazing all that's going on right now, isn't it? I hear you. You know, university-wide, because they do play an early game at Vanderbilt in week zero. So they have, they've started practice yesterday, and uh, which is right. interesting. You know, it's kind of funny because Hawaii's playing – Oh, Vanderbilt on the road, and then their home opener is September 1st against Stanford. And, you know, Hawaii, so Hawaii is starting with two, you know, power five teams, but I would hardly yeah. say that either one of them currently is at the very apex of their conference. No, they're not. Uh, I would agree, and, and certainly. Now, I'll, I'll say this, Clark Lee at Vanderbilt, they were around 500 last year. Yeah. Bobby, listen, if they, could, if they could be break even for a few years, that, that would be a tremendous start for Clark Lee. They've got a pretty good quarterback in A.J. Swan. So, but, good, but, but, that is, but they are two fairly attractive opponents to open up. No, no question. I think that's a handful for Hawaii, actually. Hawaii was 3-10 and 10 last year against a, a lower level of competition. So, you know, obviously Timmy Chang came into a program that had been 
had a ton of people. The best players all went into the portal and left. So it's a rebuild. I don't think there's any question about that. Let me let me get this from you. Is it legit that Alabama, I was just on the phone with Eli Gold, the play-by-play voice at Alabama. Great guy. Have you ever met him? Yeah, oh, yes, yes. Yeah, he's terrific. Anyway, they're opening with Middle Tennessee, which I was kidding him about because I don't feel like they're stretching themselves particularly with that one. But I do get they got Texas second week, and you know, and then they you know, they kind of feel like they don't want to play two monsters right out of the box. I get that. Let let me get to this though. Is Alabama legit number one in the West this year? They are going to be pushed hard by LSU, and I really thought Bobby that the media media days in Nashville would vote. LSU to win the West over Alabama because Jaden Daniels is established as their quarterback, and we have no idea who the Alabama quarterback is going to be. But, I mean, I think this will be an improved Alabama team. Tommy Reese comes down from Notre Dame as offense coordinator. Uh, Kevin Steele comes up from Miami as defensive coordinator. But, uh, look, that that's a huge game, isn't it, Bobby, in November oh. in Tuscaloosa. That that could determine the Western Division. No kidding. You know, they, Alabama looks like they're listing, according to Phil Steele, they're listing Ty, uh, Tyler Buckner as the starter yes. there. Do you think he's likely to hang on as the starting quarterback? I, I think Ty Simpson will be the starter before the year is out. Simpson – really gives them an upside. He is a dual-threat quarterback, and I think he's probably more accurate than Buckner uh, would be at this point. Uh, And Jalen Milrow, who played and actually started a little bit last year uh, when uh, they needed him and came in and played okay, but he's not very much of an accurate passer. So that's got to improve. Uh, but but right now, uh, particularly in that first game against Middle Tennessee, I think they'll see uh, all three quarterbacks on the field uh, and, and hopefully we'll have someone they can really trust by that second game of the year when Texas comes to Tuscaloosa. Oh, and I think that's critical. Let me get to the other side for a second. I, I guess it's, is Georgia just a runaway choice? In the other side, yes, they've got the uh, they've got the most talent of anybody in the East. Alabama and Georgia have the two best rosters in the uh, SEC. Uh, in in Georgia, obviously Georgia loses a lot of guys, but they've got a lot of guys also who who are coming back. Um, now, what's interesting is, Bobby, I, I don't I've never seen this happen. But Georgia and Alabama, we think it may be Carson Beck, uh, who is from Jacksonville, by the way. But have you ever seen the two predicted winners in the Eastern and Western Division in the SEC? Even though they're picked first, we don't know for sure who's going to be the quarterback for either team. That's, that's amazing when you think about it. It really is. No, I hear you. I mean, I, I thought it was amazing. And, and a lot of us here in Hawaii, you'll get this, thought Tua Tango Bailoa was one of the top 
quarterback recruits yes. in the entire country. But no Jalen Hurts had had such a good, he was all, I think he was the SEC Offensive Player of the Year at Alabama as a freshman. And so a lot of us thought, you know, God, couldn't he, couldn't he have picked another place? Because I think it's very possible he doesn't play this first year at all. And there's a lot of places where they, they jump all over themselves making him the starter. And it turned out well for Tua. Turned out well for Jalen Hurts too. It did. And uh, oh, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, but I I did think it was an odd choice for him. And now we don't see. I mean, maybe these guys are well known in the state of Alabama. The, the quarterbacks you mentioned, with Milrow and Buckner and the other guy. I I don't. Are any of them five stars? Uh, Ty Simpson is. Uh, by the way, now now Buckner, to his credit, has also played. I mean, ironically enough, we were at the Gator Bowl last year watching Buckner play for Notre Dame, and he and Tommy Reese obviously have a working relationship from Notre Dame. So, I mean, frankly, uh, it is a pretty good situation. They, Alabama do does have to find at least one. But I do think their offensive line will be better. I do think their running back room is going to be really good. They've got a freshman named Just, Justice Haynes, H-A-Y-N-E-S, who's from Georgia, that they're very high on. Bobby, the receivers are going to have to come around. I don't see a Julio Jones or Amari Cooper in that group yet, but we may have one that that evolves by the end of the year. Uh, but that, yes, that that Alabama quarterback room, along with a lot of <laughs> SEC teams, at quarterbacks going to be very interesting. Okay, if someone made you pick, who's going to be playing come December in the SEC championship game? Oh, I would still probably say Georgia and Alabama, uh, with with LSU a, very, a real possibility to be in there too. And, and our listeners need to remember next year the SEC will not have divisions and obviously have Oklahoma and Texas involved with all this too. But for this year in Atlanta, I, I'm, I'm still going to probably, Bobby, give the nod to Bama and Georgia. So you're, what you're saying is that there's a chance that down the road we're going to be seeing you know, Georgia-Tennessee in the championship game in the SEC or perhaps you know, LSU-Alabama. Yeah. Those things will all be possible. Uh, absolutely, uh, and that's what see what the SEC is trying to keep from happening. You remember last year, Bobby, when Georgia played LSU. Now LSU was sneaky good, and they deserve a lot of credit that they won in Tuscaloosa. But LSU still lost uh, a, a few games. So what the SEC is trying to keep from happening is to have that scenario is to have an undefeated. Uh, division champion against another division champion that has two or three losses. So, sure. uh, yes, we will We will be without division play next year. So your scenario is right. Brent, we will do this again. Unfortunately, I am up against the clock. Our first guest, uh, Eli Gold, was just a, a couple of minutes late getting on with us. But I, I can't wait to do it again. It's so great to hear your voice. Bobby, you too, my friend. I'm glad that things were well, and uh, we will look forward to it. And again, Bobby, a, a week, basically a week from now, pretty much 
all the college teams are going to be in fall camp. That's mind-boggling, isn't it? (laughs) It is, but I I think it's about time. I can hardly wait. It is. It is. Me too, brother. All good, Brent. Thanks much. Brent Beard from First Coast News. We'll take a quick timeout. You're listening to the Bobby Curran Show on ESPN Honolulu. Welcome back on this Thursday edition of the Bobby Curran Show. We are going to have uh, Chris and Gary are going to be joining you, the sports animals, uh, to take you through from 7 to 9 o'clock. And I look forward to that uh, so that you can find out their takes on uh, the various things surrounding us. And there's a lot going on right now. No question about that. New stadium. All, there's all kinds of things. Will UH football be better? I think they will. We are going to have to sign off. I want to thank Tanner Hayworth for his tender ministrations. From all of us at ESPN Honolulu, I'm Bobby Curran. Aloha.